um, we had to train for at least two weeks of summer to cook adobo, sinigang, pancit, um, arroz caldo, pancit luglog, how to kill the hito. Because then, hello folks, we had to kill them. They okay, arrived. They, hito is the shrimp, right? Oh, no, no, wait, no, hito is a catfish. No, hito is catfish. Yep. Hello, everyone. This is Turutulu, the Filipino restaurant podcast, where each week we profile restaurants or food trucks serving delicious Filipino cuisine. This is your host, Gene Carangal, avid home cook and event promoter for the Adobo Throwdown Cooking Competition and Food Expo. All right, let's get started. Welcome to the Tulu Tulu Podcast. I have a very special guest tonight. This is Nancy Reyes Lumen, the Adobo Queen. So, Hello. Nancy, can you give Hi. us a quick, quick intro? Hey, a very delicious evening, morning, afternoon to you all. All right, Nancy. Uh, okay, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, Barring saying how old I am. My taste buds or the culinary DNA I have here is, um, has a lot of history because it belongs to two families, my father's and my mother's, who were both really serious about food. And uh, I think, can that lead, can I lead into a research? Sure, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, okay. all right. So my grandmother, my grandmother, my father's side is Aling Asyang. She's also known as Engracia C. Reyes, but uh, you know, that was her um, social name, but we prefer calling her Aling Asham because she was really down to earth and um, really worked with her, with her, with her people. And uh, she would be there every day, industrious and all. And um, I know that other than genetics, we learned how to cook from her because we had no choice at the time. We didn't like it. We preferred that summer, we would go out already and do our thing, movies. And at that time, uh, we had to go to the movies. There was no Netflix or anything yeah. <laughs> in my age. Um, we had to train for at least two weeks of summer to cook adobo, sinigang, pancit, um, arroz caldo, pancit luglog, how to kill the hito because then hello okay. folks we had to kill them they okay. arrived hito is the shrimp right no, oh no wait, no hito is a catfish no hito is catfish yep okay and before before the catfish in our in the philippines were really the fat kind the big the what the, okay. the grayish one but um through the years the thailand catfish got inbred into it and okay. uh, uh, Thailand catfish are are smaller narrower thinner and uh, tougher maybe they had a uh, better shelf life but the old old um, catfish that was not hybrid had fat inside and anyway we had to we had to blow it with a hammer on the head to zonk it. Uh -oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's not going yeah. to go to be good for for the whatever meanest animals, but that's how it had to be done. Mm -hmm. Because catfish have 
a very hard head. Okay. Very hard, very yep. tough. So like that. And also, although uh, the chickens arrived to us freshly dressed, but um, they called what you call, do you know embutido? Yeah, yep. What is yep. that? Embutido, isn't that kind of like a, uh, it's like a meatloaf, right? Yeah, okay. Because it's a stuffing. Meat, yeah. Yeah, it's stuffing, supposed yeah. to be like a stuffing, all right. Mm -hmm. When you go to the Palenque, you know Palenque? Yep, the market. Market yep. in the Philippines. Sometimes they'll say before, I don't know, I think until now there are some that will say, you, you get chicken, and you hold it and then it's it's kind of too wet weighty for its size because it's called embutido meaning the gizzard and the liver are still inside okay all right gotcha so that's a that's a market term then it, it's hardly used now okay. i'm just bringing you through the olden days sure. uh, so uh the in my lola's uh comedor um, she had her own playroom. It was a comedor, a big, big kitchen that was a, uh, attached to the restaurant, but very apart from it. That was her experimental kitchen and we all had to be there. And she would invite guests to eat there every lunchtime. And um, she had about four old maid cucineras under her who were really, really, for me, I would consider them chefs already, even... Mm. A high level chef. Anyway, sure. so the chicken would arrive, but at, it would still be embotido, meaning we had to take out the, the liver, the gizzard, clean the gizzard, mm. and sometimes even pull out some of the intestine. So folks, okay. you don't know how lucky you are when you look at your chicken in the supermarket and it's so easy. All you have to do is just marinate it and cook it. Anyway, so uh, yeah. So what did you do with the gizzard? Did you use it for any dishes or the, yes. the intestines? Did you use it for isao? Adobo. Oh, so you did use it for adobo. Cool. Yes, yes. Okay. So there would usually be two kinds of meals. One would be the employee meal and uh, maybe for the trimmings. And one would be for her guests. Sometimes the mayor of Manila would be there, people from ADB, the boyfriends of our older cousins would be guests there, you know. And okay. but um, and then we sometimes we enjoyed more uh, eating the employee meal. Like mm. for example, chicken chicken neck. All right. Yeah. It would be a lot of chicken neck, and um, it would be boiled. Once it floats up, that means it's done with mm. skin and all. All right. And then we dry it. And you know, to dry it uh, in like the Chinese way, it would be in a straw bilao, like a straw mat. Okay. So that you yep. can you can uh, uh, shake it down and dry it, then it would be air dried. Okay. After that, she made a uh, batter out of um, boiled flour, uh, MSG, salt, pepper, and soup stock. Okay. Right? Gotcha. So that would be boiled and we would, um, and then the frying pan would already, the, when we call frying pan, we actually mean frying pans. They were all big. Okay. Um, so then we would uh, put the, dip the, dredge the chicken neck and then fry it. 
it's going to look like a mini uh, <laughs> mini uh, drumstick. And it was so good. And I miss those things because mm -hmm. now people say, wow, why would you take the neck? It has so many steroids or whatever. No, there. but by the time you cook it, I've had that. I think I've had, I don't think it was deep fried, but I, the chicken neck and then the meat just falls apart. Yeah. Right, from the from the neck. And then the because it's like small, the meat is you kind of have to work a little bit. I think it makes it better. Right. Yeah. If it, there's like a ton of meat, then you kind of you kind of take it for granted. But if you're like picking at small things of meat, it, it I think it tastes sweeter. Well, we're right? we were just after the skin, actually. Yeah. Oh yeah, the skin. Okay. <laughs> so skin. I would say um the, the, the fried chickens then were two. One would be just the Chinese style, which was uh, not breaded, but um, uh, marinated with uh, spices and okay. a lot of, uh, of um, star anise. And then okay. the other one would be breaded like Southern fried chicken, because during that time, the American cuisine was slowly getting in and the Filipinos were loving it. Mm -hmm. So... Okay. I think I was say, telling you my story, but this is now the side of my grandmother. Okay, sure. Wherein we, morning to evening, it would really just be food, 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 cooking, service. Not just cooking, all right, serving. So okay. we enjoyed, we enjoyed not just the eating, sometimes we enjoyed more the serving and watching the people enjoy it. And she also had sausawan. Okay, so, so, so the sauce. Yeah. Like, what what's the base of your sauce? It would always it would normally be patis and calamansi. Okay, so, so fish sauce, sauce and then calamansi uh, is our version of lemon juice. Okay, the the counter to that would be kikoman and lemon. Okay, so those two, yep. and then you would just add um, squeeze uh, um, chili or. Uh, a little, some would add, no, honey was not that. Soy sauce, you know. Would you add garlic? Would you add like crushed garlic? Only for some dishes. So okay. we would have crushed garlic and lots of uh, ginger for the crabs, the seafood. Okay. With the white vinegar. It had to be white vinegar. All right. For that. And then um, on the side, there's a lot of chopped, uh, crushed ginger with water so that people had could uh, just clean their fishy fingers mm -hmm. there. It's just like okay. a service. So things like that. Those were the, the training I got from my grandmother. That was when we were age 13. Okay, now, so you work two weeks, two weeks of training every summer? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, on the other side, from my mother's side, we had my ina, or grandmother, who taught us how to cook from the palayok. Because okay. um, even if it, it was already modern at the time, she had a very precious palayok. And palayok is like, it, it's a clay culture, right? Mm. So clay culture, you have to have a certain place where the clay is really meant for palayok. Palayok is that earth. The clay pot, yeah. Right. Um, and then I I researched more into cooking palayok and 
I did um, inherit my grandmother's palayo, which was kind of very, very strong because of mm -hmm. the clay, right? So um, no you, can, you can actually put it on a gas, gas stove and cook it there. And it's not okay. going to crack. But when the new kinds of the cheaper kinds of palayok were there, I was taught by an old man, let's say this is a palayok, right? Mm. And uh, an old man who was selling palayok in Ilocos. And he said, do not, do not cook with palayok right away. When you buy it, put a little water and then swish the water around to cold okay okay Swish it. so you, you, you it's kind of like when you season the cast iron pot you, you use oil yeah. right yeah so you season it with water yes he said okay. season it with water and then just leave it there to to just dry for a bit okay that's and, very and interesting said, yeah and he said um that's going to um i i don't know if he said to open the pores or close it but that will prepare it for when you already heat it. Okay. Maybe okay. the water that was there will will rise, and then that's when we help close the pores of the palayok. Okay. So what's the biggest difference between you know, cooking in a palayok and then just a normal pan? The fragrance okay. of palayok. The slow cooking of the palayok and the even cooking. It's, okay. It actually cooks very evenly because of the shape, mm -hmm. right? So you don't need uh, the, from the heat from the center and goes, usually it, will go, it would be good for soups, which is okay. what my grandmother taught us. Uh, they, they call it the kinulob. Okay, I have to explain something about the kinulob. The kinulob, the kinulob is a palayok, and then you cover, you put in your chicken, your ham, chorizo, water, soy sauce, and um, a whole onion, no garlic. Mm -hmm. No garlic, okay. And then um, you cover that with banana leaves. Mm, and okay. then you tie the banana leaves on it. Around, okay. Burn the burnt banana leaves when it when it's burning already, right? It will mm -hmm. burn because it will steam and the sides will burn and it will dry up. The, the aroma of burnt banana leaves is really something fantastic that mm -hmm. it adds to the soup. So oh, it yeah. has a smoky, smoky aroma. So that is called kinulo. So those are one of the wonders. Of course, I have friends who cook the paleo with their duck. It would be good for long cooking. And mm. sometimes, of course, economically, you put palayok in a, with wooden with wood and uh, coal. It's, it's cheaper. You don't, you don't use up your gas. And okay. um, it absorbs the aroma and the smoke. Okay. You're not going to get that too much from any stainless steel mm. bowl, uh, pot. Hey, we should, do a, we should do like a cooking demo with the palayok and... And do you have fire. a palayok? I, left uh, my I, I do not, but I will get one. You tell me where to get, and I'll get it. Yeah, I know. We should well, have something like that. I, I was feeling so bad that I left my palayok, but I'll be bringing it when I get back home. Okay. Back here. All right. Well, and, um, I, I want to get one now. 
Yeah, I know, I know. There's also what you call the Maria Orosa oven, which is what they use to cook the bibinka, but that's another story. Another long story. Yeah, I tried to, doing bibinka on, uh, me again. I huh? tried to do bibinka on a charcoal grill. Oh, yes? And, uh, I, I just didn't regulate the temperature well, uh, and then I, I burnt my hands. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... But it, it, it smelled awesome. And I used, uh, I lined a pan with banana leaves. Yes. And I'm like, hey, it, it smells great. Uh, but it's it it wound up kind of brown because of the smoke. Because uh, so. Okay. You know. Because you know what? <laughs> Sometimes, Jean, we forget that when we cook with charcoal, charcoal also has a procedure. It's not like you just put it there and that's it. No. Even when you cook lechon, or when you lechon anything like lechon manok, there's a certain uh, distance and a certain mm. flatness layering that you do yeah. so that you achieve it. So you know, uh, at the during the cooking, you you have to you start with the with the coal flat there, and then when it's starting to cool, you just put it on the side and leave leave the center a bit flatter. So there's people forget that it's the same way that we forget about Chinese cooking. When we cook Chinese, we start with very high heat. And mm -hmm. then every time you add uh, something, the temperature goes down, you gotta put it back on high mm -hmm. heat. Yeah. But um, slow cooking, like Spanish cooking, sometimes we tend to keep it really just like that. Steady, yeah. slow, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Hey, so have you done lechon? Huh? Do you know how to do, you know, do, you know how to do an old school lechon? We did a whole lechon uh, with friends and uh, we bought the, <laughs> we heard the poor animal um, crying at uh -oh. in the morning, sorry. Uh -oh. And uh, <laughs> it was a black, the black one. So okay. that means that it was uh, uh, roaming and very delicious. Okay. So it's, oh, so it was a, a wild boar? It was a boar? Something like that. It was okay. in cubic, yeah. So we we had that. Uh, it was already um, um, in the bamboo, okay. and uh, that's where. And then what the guy told us was, oh, "How do you do? How do you do your lechon?" And he said, "You just brush it with milk." He with said, milk. "Just brush it with evaporated milk." Okay, but I've never not, heard that. Yeah, not at the start. You first have to close the the pores of the skin. Right. And then once, maybe five to 10 minutes when you mix your coal, and then after that, uh, then you brush it with uh, milk. I've never, heard, yeah, I've never heard that brush with milk. I know soy sauce and oil, or oil. Yeah, I've, I've heard some, that. Do it with, some do it with Pepsi, you know, to I've each his own that. secret. Yeah. yeah. We didn't, we didn't, we, I don't have any secrets about that. My okay. secret was what I learned was I said, oh, he taught us how to, how to mix the coal. Okay. Hot coal and you put cold coal in, mm -hmm. on top and et cetera, et cetera. And then you put it several inches, put it back, put it out, you know, things like that. And, and I said, that's what we keep forgetting. We, we forget what's underneath. Yeah, well, temperature management is really the key in any yeah. cooking, right? The, how you manage, it, it is really about temperature control. Did Anything you ever you cook, cook a whole lechon? I you never have. 
No, I've done oh. the I've done the uh, pork belly, the rolled up uh, the the uh, yeah. done the uh, like the rolled up uh, belly, yeah. lechon yeah. belly. I've done that. Uh -huh. um, I've done it in the oven. I've never done it on the grill. So for grills, I only typically just do really fast cooking with pork chops and even the barbecue, pork barbecue. Mm -hmm. And then the pork barbecue, I do uh, like, I think like what you do, right? Uh, I do indirect, indirect cooking first and then I sear yeah. it afterwards when it's cooked all the way through. Um, and then, and really um, the, the long cooks, um, the Texas style barbecue, I tried to do that with the Filipino kind of uh, way. So I, I would smoke a, a pork shoulder Wow, and then I, you know, and until it gets the temperature, then I'll put it in sinigang. Wow, so, like smoked uh, smoked pork sinigang. Even uh, at one time, Evil. yeah. So so it's 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 <laughs> like fun. It's a lot of work though. It's like fourteen hours. Wow. Yeah. You, what coal do you use? I think there's also uh, has something to do with the coal. No, I just regular, just regular briquettes. And then I just use a regular uh, smoker, a Weber smoker. Uh -huh. And I have it at uh, 250 degrees for about, you know, 10, 10 to 12 hours. So yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a commitment. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> I, I think I, yeah. that Sorry. the word commitment with you is really something that's important to you. I like that. Yeah, it's because, you know, I don't, it's not something I do every day and it's not even every week I will do, but I will make a commitment to, hey, today or this weekend, I'm going to make, I'm going to smoke, a, you know, a, a, a pork shoulder or a pork butt, or I'll do a brisket. Mm -hmm. And those are, those are long cooks. That's, that's, you're committing a long time. And then, yeah. and what, what you also have to do is, well, I also like to, to sleep. I'm not up the whole time, like the whole evening. But what I'll do is I'll put, I'll put probes, so it'll it, it sets a certain temperature. If it goes upward too low or too high, then it'll wake me up. But otherwise, <laughs> I, I just let it cook. But it's still, it's still, you know, I'm still going outside every hour or so, um, basting it and, and uh, spraying it, you know, to to keep to to keep it moist. So so it is a commitment. Uh, we don't have that. We don't have that long of a cook uh, with Filipino cooking. Although I've heard somebody did a somebody did a caldereta for like twelve hours. <laughs> uh, yeah. I can't. I can't. I can't do that. Uh, yeah, I wonder why. Maybe the meat was really, or maybe yeah. they used wood. Yeah. So I'm not Probably. sure. Uh, but hey. If they want to do like long cooks like that, I've done uh, I've done uh, slow cooking for like uh, the I, I did adobo short rib, and that was I put that in a put that in a crock pot for eight hours. Because uh, yeah. but then what I would do is I would just put it on, a, you know, start in the morning, and I would sear the the these adobo spare ribs. I mean the, these uh, uh, short ribs, uh, beef short ribs. And then I'll put it in the in the uh, crock pot, yeah. and then go to work, and then come back home. You know, it's all <laughs> nice and nice and uh, uh, it's it's all ready to go, super tender. Uh, but before I, I'm, I'm hijacking with my my uh, my adobo recipes that this is going to take three hours to talk about. So, but I did want to talk about 
your the I wanted to talk about the aristocrat restaurant about its history. Now, when was it? Uh, when when was it? Uh, when did you open? When was it open? This is the iconic barbecue that all okay. Filipinos grew with. This was in 1936. 1936. So if you compute that, it would be 12, 5, 6, 86 years old now. Holy cow. And now, so you went through, and this was in, this was always in Manila? It started in um, Rojas Boulevard. Okay. It was Dewey Boulevard then. Mm -hmm. And then thankfully it branched out um, a certain number and then we we decreased it and now it's going back to uh, additional branches okay. but this was uh, Rojas Boulevard was the mother ship okay yep yeah now and we, we did this for to celebrate the 80th year because uh, I think that would make aristocrat one of the older um, continental restaurants in the mm. Philippines. Okay. So you survived the Japanese occupation. So do you remember, did your grandmother talk about that? Yeah. Well, okay. um, of course, we would only hear the stories from, uh, from our older cousins who were there. And um, do you know the Quonset hut? Okay, it were those huts no. like for the GI, mil military base or the military housing. It okay. Was like that. You ask your dad. Okay, I'm gonna. <laughs> and okay. um, I that those were um, there were a lot of uh, okay when the war was over, there was a lot of U.S. goods that flooded Manila. Why? Because the ships that were going supposed to go back, warships that were going to go back now to the United States, they were they were unloading a lot of things. Okay. Army boots, fatigue uniforms, hats, paper, I think some office supplies. But in in the food, in the food uh stocks, there would be powder for ice cream making, a lot of spam, K-ration. K-ration, have you ever mm -hmm. seen the K-ration? I, I have not, but I know spam. <laughs> that was fun. Um, uh, we'll talk about that later. Or And, they, and of course, Coca-Cola mm -hmm. would be there already. Yep. Uh, Virginia ham. Um, I'm not sure if there were cookies then. I don't, I'm not sure, but mayonnaise. Okay. And, uh, and then together with that, those, the, some of the women, either missionaries or teachers or, or uh, those who stayed in the U.S. bases, they started teaching how to make mayonnaise from scratch, how to cook devil's food cake, okay. which was the precursor to the red velvet. Okay. Oh, yes. And, yeah, right. And then uh, how to make um, ham. And uh, I think, I'm not sure about fruitcake, but a pineapple upside down cake became popular. Okay. That's everybody's yeah. first project, right? Yeah. Yes. That's what, when you're baking, that's the first thing you learn how to make. Yeah. Yeah. Next to leche flan. Yep. Remember we had, 
before the jet before the Americans came, we already had a Spanish, uh, colonized yep. mind yeah. or culinary mind, and of course uh, the very base would also be, uh, Inihao, which was Filipino and Chinese. So there, there's certain layers in the Filipino culinary DNA. Okay. But um, in the popular, in the pop, pop food, it would be American. So okay. we had the barbecue. My grandmother developed the barbecue from um, the trips of her children and her own trips abroad. And until she, she would always Filipinize something she learned from there. Mm -hmm. Like I, I remember when um, in the later years when Japanese food was becoming popular, um, it would only be sukiyaki and tempura. Sushis were not yet that popular. Yeah, sukiyaki yep. and tempura. Yep. So with the sukiyaki, she added her own style. She added ubod to it. The, okay. the, the, the coconut palm that, heart. That, yep, coconut palm, yep. Heart of Palm. Okay. Anyway, back to this. So, um, surviving the surviving the the U.S. Um, the U.S. Japanese War. Uh, after that, this was adapt. This is so American. All right, you see a. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. And you see a a tray. Mm -hmm. There was no cars. Did not have air conditioning then. All right. Right. So the tray would be on the on the uh, glass, the window mm -hmm. yep. set there, and you can have you can eat while you're parked. I think this came also together with the drive-in movie, yep. where you can right so drive-in movie style, so you can park along Rojas Boulevard because uh, the location of the restaurant was that you you would see the sunset at five p.m. and the magic hour would always be. 4 p.m. when people started doing their walk along Luneta and they and they'd wait for the sunset. Wow. Yeah, it was so beautiful. And luckily Aristocrat is really facing the sunset of Manila okay. Bay. So people would gather and they have see you there's your Coca-Cola. We were one of the first to serve Coca-Cola. Okay. So that and also one of the first to have hamburger and fried chicken. Okay. So the ketchup, did you have the the banana ketchup or did you use the tomato ketchup? Not yet, but the moment banana ketchup got developed, we already used banana ketchup. Okay. For the for the rice. Okay? So what did okay, just what did banana ketchup develop? I know that was uh, out of necessity because we don't we don't really have tomatoes. So we have bananas. Um, that would be attributed to Maria Orosa, mm -hmm. who was a um a patriot, and as well as a, I'm not sure if she was a nutritionist. I, there's a book written about her by a friend of ours, and uh, maybe maybe we can discuss that another yep. time because she yep. developed a lot of um, uh, recipes for the to to counter hunger during the war. And uh, the the buns that were used, and oh, we 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 received a lot of wheat. Now uh, America started making, giving us wheat because our only source of starch would be rice flour. But then okay. with the with the wheat flour, 
there you go. You have your butter, you have your bread, you have your cake, you have your cookies. And that was the one of the one of the favorites of Filipinos. Um, during the war, um, my 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 one of my aunts said um, she talked about how uh, how how the Americans and how the Japanese also destroyed a lot of buildings. Yep. But but she said there would be a door in the restaurant because it was sprawling. It was a sprawling. After the Quonset hut, it started to expand into a one floor restaurant. And there would be a, a door where American soldiers would come in and another where Japanese soldiers would come in and they don't shoot anybody. They just eat a lot. Oh, this was during the war? or, the, or... Um, I think during the peacetime already, but oh, they were okay. the Japanese or the the, the Americans. So you know, um, the the um, the here it said during the outbreak of the war, aristocrat operated from nine a.m. to nine p.m. As usual, everyone, rich, poor, young, old, high or low society, foreigners and locals were welcomed and treated as real customers. Story goes that there were two doors in the restaurant. When the Japanese use one door, the Americans will use the opposite door. They avoided looking at each other. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, they, they kept the peace just to eat. Yeah, well, um, you know, there would be no one says of war that's not killing. Yeah. You know, it's just uh, I don't know, probably not looking at each other. <laughs> yeah. And uh, talking about the curb service. Dining out was not common among the young in those days when families supped together. However, it was habitual for many after attending a party to stop by at the aristocrat to enjoy curb service. That's the one I, I showed you. Okay, yeah, curb uh, service with a with yeah. the, the tray but outside yeah. the, the window. Uh -huh. What were the common orders then? Sandwiches or the inimitable barbecued chicken and java rice. To date, a businessman friend of mine by the name of Louis Causing swears by it. This was written by Chana Trinidad. May she rest in peace. Um, but um, I, what I did with this book was, I asked the, I asked some of the editors before and the writers to give us their stories mm -hmm. about aristocrat, okay. and not not aristocrat like praising aristocrat food. No, but aristocrat vis-a-vis -vis the history of Manila and the the, the lifestyle then. So it was, it's a very interesting book. I hope that um, when I come back, I, I can I can give you a copy. This is the Leeg ng Manok that we talked okay. about. Okay. Is that book in print uh, that we can get? Or... No, no. I'm going to offer it to Amazon one of these days. But uh, okay. see, I don't have enough copies here with me. The copies okay. are all in Manila. I intend to bring them back here. That was part one of our interview with Nancy Reyes Lumen, the self-proclaimed adobo queen. On the next episode of the Tulutuna podcast, it came out. Jean Gonzalez, a well-known chef, then decided to host the launch, and it was great. People started cooking adobo, and then that's the rest. Of, uh, and then it won the Art Critics Award. It was the first time somebody wrote about 
a dish that they would eat every day without thinking, hey, what should we cook? I realized one thing. People would think, Nancy's adobo, so what? But it was only when I realized, you have to be proud of your adobo because that is what part of what you're Filipino are, what you are, you are Filipino as. Thank you for listening to Turu Turo, the Filipino restaurant podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Salamat po at magkita tayo sa susunod. Thank you so much and I'll see you in the next episode.